I'm glad that we're just all putting the same exact thing in <laughs> what you've been playing lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah I did it oh, sorry, I put Destiny. I didn't play Destiny 1, though, so there you go. Destiny 2. Put a 2 in there. Wow. Man, yeah. I would have loved to have been invited on some of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly but the Battlefield thing. You guys can keep Destiny. You know how Aww. people end up playing games with us? They get on Mumble. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to The Forecast, episode 68. The Forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced every other Thursday. Uh, we're a group of people who love discussing all kinds of things from video games to board games to film to TV to things we just encounter throughout our everyday lives. Uh, if you want to check us out, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com sword slash wearethehorizon community, or you can check out our website at wearethehorizon.com. Uh, everything we talk about, we put into the cast notes as well. So whatever podcasting app you use gets pushed, that gets information gets pushed out to it. So uh, let's get into it. We'll just start with uh, what have you been playing lately? Which clearly, as you heard earlier, is basically all the same things for several people in this in this channel right now on this cast. Hey, I um, almost also wrote Spider Man. I was thinking <laughs> about it. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I'll just write Spider Man. Uh, Alex, let's start with you. Um not sure you're not <laughs> sure what you've been playing lately have you been drinking know. too much no i'm just kidding <laughs> why do we always start with me it's so weird because you're at the top of the list the i mean if, i can put it in but i don't know why you're at the order a a ron followed by a l e x it's all alphabetical except for that <laughs> i'm well, sorry okay I, I've been playing... Well, and you added Kevin at the end, but... I feel yeah. like it's just awkward if I'm, like, starting the cast, and I'm like, that's no, perfect, we, let's go right into me! Should no, we, like, tell around. people we have a, a guest or a special person <gasps> or something? We do, we do have, have a special guest. We have a special guest, Kevin! Hi, Kevin. Hello! It's me. <laughs> give, us, I am Kevin. give us your um, personal elevator pitch. Yeah. Oh. My name you is Kevin. Do that. I'm a long-term friend of some of these... Some of these nerds on the channel, I've been in a couple of side podcasts, and I play a bunch, bunch of Overwatch, a bunch of uh, collectible card games, so that's maybe, if we're looking at stuff, my specialty, I guess, in this unit. <laughs> this unit. Yeah. I like it. I'm here, what I miss? Not I'm much. Yet. Hi, Chad. So, uh, uh, Forsaken yeah, came out. To you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've actually... been playing Destiny. Did we talk about that two weeks ago? I feel like we did. Uh, we Wait, we couldn't have. I mean, it wasn't it came out, out two weeks ago. It wasn't yeah, out. We, yeah. talked <laughs> about, we talked about Gambit. We That's what we talked about. about. Talked about how it was coming out. Now it's yeah, out. Yeah, That's yeah. right. That's yeah, right. It's sorry. Out. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, Destiny is like if you take an RTS and like... Why are you explaining Destiny? A turn, <laughs> they know what Destiny is. <laughs> trying fighter. to be I see you're doing Stop just it. errands. And, thing, but still... <laughs> Anyway, yeah, no, Forsaken is really, really good, I think. It's d more Destiny, but, like, a lot more of it. And I think the story is pretty decent for a Destiny story. And I haven't even, like, scratched the surface of all this, the stuff that's in it. I'm, there's just, like, so many things in my quest tracker that I have to accomplish, and I haven't even made it to the, the second area of the expansion yet. But it's all awesome. super good so far. 
They seem to have fixed some people's issues, like Brendan's issue of not being able to grind out very much. There's now daily quests that you can grind out to level up your stuff. Yeah, Brendan, bunch of Brendan's like major issue is that it's like it was previously time gated so that you could only progress so much before you had to wait until next Tuesday and it all reset. I mean, you could potentially they, they like fully fix that, but that's an okay complaint because it really did feel like that. You'd roll into the weekend and be like, all right, got to get these powerful Ingrams taken care of so we can move on to next week and then not play Destiny for four What you could days. do in like, yeah. a, like one or two hours, mm-hmm. you would have like the week's stuff done. Now it's like way more, it's a lot more gradual, but like a lot more is happening more often, it seems. Right. So that's a lot of fun. They added bows. Bows are freaking feel sick. Great. They they do not have like a good time to kill for like low health enemies. Like it takes a while to kill a whole bunch of low health enemies, but they feel great. Uh, I was about to say the time to kill is instant for yeah. low health enemies. <laughs> like time to kill a horde. Yeah, for a horde, it is not the best weapon, but it's still super get fun those to explosive use. Explosive shots, then you're fine. I like feeling like I'm good at Hanzo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm pretty like, sure playing it, with a bow will make you bad. Is it possibly bad at Hanzo though? <laughs> like, oh, no, definitely. <laughs> it, it's clearly not Hanzo training or making me better at Hanzo or any of that stuff. <laughs> but it makes me feel like I'm a, I'm a freaking pro Hanzo player when I play Destiny with a bow. Is it more like the Huntsman from TF2? I don't even remember. No, I mean, no. It's okay. more like playing Scout in TF2, but with a bow. Mm. I see. Because <laughs> you got a lot, you got a lot of moving around and shooting. Like the the headshot area is is it feels super generous. So like you flick over to somebody and you just pop them, and you're like that probably wasn't a headshot, but it was close <laughs> enough. That's probably why you think it feels like Hanzo. Yeah. yeah so Hanzo headshot. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. Uh, or also. <laughs> we we all like participated in the the Battlefield 5. Well not all of us, I guess. 3 of us participated in the Battlefield 5 beta. Um Battlefield V? Battlefield 5? I don't Just know. Just call it 5. It's Everybody 5, I guess. It's, it's the it's the Lady Battlefield. The only reason why I question <laughs> is because all of the other battlefields that had numbers were like actually numbers and not Roman numerals. Wait, um, Battlefield like, One was a number and not a Roman yeah, numeral. Yeah, it was. It was a Why would they make one. it a one? I mean, it was World War One with the Roman numeral, like nineteen forty two, twenty one forty two, two three, four one. I thought you were just gonna skip four. <laughs> and the this one's a Roman numeral, so I'm not sure perfect. if they want us to say V. I don't know. Just say five. <laughs> <laughs> I. I, I'm actually pretty into that game. I I played a whole lot of it. I played like ten hours of it over the course of two days. So it's a pretty not, solid game. It I uh, I think a lot of what you said about um, not feeling like Battlefield One and instead feeling like Battlefield Four did. Yeah, they I think they've regressed a little bit in the gunplay and like the map style. Um, to like a Battlefield Three or Battlefield Four style. I yeah. the the maps we did play in the beta were probably a little bit small and didn't have as many vehicles as you would be used to for four or something like that. But there seems to be like varying sizes of maps, and there's going to be bigger maps that are more open that are more vehicle focused. So, and at least one of the maps had a decent amount of verticality. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty it's cool. cool. Like like all the full destruction stuff is finally back. Oh my gosh! Yay, so I love good. that so much. Where you yeah. can like completely level a house. It was great running in as like a group of you know three or four people in a squad, and you'd be in a house, and a tank would just roll through the sidewall of the house. Like I, it just yeah. looked so good. And if like explosions or something big goes off near you, but not close enough to kill you, you can get like thrown back on your like on your butt. And it's like really, really cool. So you're like, oh, I'm dead. And then you get like thrown to the side. And then like you take a second to stand back up. You're like, holy crap, I'm alive. (laughs) (laughs) I lived. And then this entire side of this house is gone. And you're like, well, I need to move out of here. I feel like recon weren't as endemic in this game as I was expecting them to be based on previous games. Yeah. I mean, there were certainly more recon than like anything else. But not like crazy more. You know, I think that's just because they, it seems like it's probably a little bit balanced out. Um, though the recon guy can do quite a bit of damage, the verticality does a lot for the maps. And I think building placement and things they've done with like shoots and trenches and areas you can run through that it's really hard to, you know, sort of get an angle on that with a recon. Yeah, it, it seemed like in the two maps we were in, there weren't like a lot. It wasn't just like a flat zone where there's a ton of sniper view there were a lot of like narrow alleyways where there was long sight lines but but you could like bottom weave in out of that right right there was always plenty of cover to find yeah right and if they were in a position where they had like great sight lines that was always like up on a hill or somewhere that they were visible so it wasn't like they could be hidden away you know so that you know people could shoot them so i think it's I think they did a good job balancing that what, out. Like we would call out, yeah, we're getting shot by a sniper, and then we'd be like, "All right, where is this guy?" And then somebody would spot him, and then we'd be able to flush him out. Mm-hmm. It was is pretty cool. Like I played some of Battlefield One. I've actually already played more Battlefield Five than I've played of Battlefield One. <laughs> and you, and you own Battlefield, Battlefield One. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just felt like you could just be anywhere in a Battlefield 1 map and just suddenly get sniped. And that, that was like 90% yeah. of my deaths where I just got sniped from somewhere off screen. No idea what was going on. That's why I didn't get it. And the maps were like really flat. Like there wasn't a ton of cover. Uh, it was, I didn't really like it. I also, there, there's also, you know, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I also really like they introduced um, a new game mode. Um, Global global operations is that what it's called? Grand operations. Grand operations. Grand operations. Um, and it appears to be just like a multi, like a, a, a sort of set of games you play in series, um, one right after the other. Did you guys actually play it on the Rotterdam map, or did you just play on the snow? I map? I think it was just in the snow that we played it. Okay. Now, it was neat. It's, it was neat uh, because the. Go ahead. The, yeah, so the, they flow into each other, and the outcome of the first one affects the second one. It'll like affect how many um, like respawns you get and stuff like that. See, so that's it's a cool concept, and they, and even above that, and in, in like a higher tier, they have something new called Tides of War, which will link. It seems like multiple game modes and even grand operations together into like a series, like a campaign, like a mini multiplayer campaign. Well, and then you'll get like, rewards out of that. But a mini massive multiplayer like... campaign? <laughs> what do you say, Caleb? <laughs> it seems like it's almost like a quest line of challenges. Yeah. So that they, are related to different said, game modes. They, they said they want to like keep the community together around them. So they'll like last like a week at a time or something like that. 
Seems pretty cool. There's also a couple new features. You can build fortifications now. Um, super cool for maps where you're like trying to get a bomb to a point. So like everybody's rushing like one point, and you can build up like a bunch of sandbags around the point to try to give you some cover. Um, again, I think that really helps with the against the recon class. Like is, yeah. you're 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 just you're fording yourself into a spot, and you're preventing multiple sight lines so that you can just, especially if you're you're playing support, which is what I was playing. Um, you know, just setting up a mounted gun in one of those open spots around the sandbags, you could just light people up from there and not really worry about a recon. Can you build that stuff anywhere, like you choose, or no. is it a specific thing? Like, so basically, if you're you going to build the... something, you have to build it here. Yeah, so you you hit the hotkey to pull out your hammer or toolbox or whatever, and then you can see points where you can build fortifications. So usually right. it's like around flags or like uh, in the houses that get destroyed, sometimes there'll be like a little bit of a a floor left or a little bit of an upper floor, and you can like build up fortifications around the, the top part of it to where you can give yourself a little bit of cover on the second floor. And, tunnels um, also. Tunnels. Like you can build up like snow mounds in certain areas to give you like a little bit of a dune to sit behind. I, I, I like think that addition. I'm I'm glad it's not anywhere. <laughs> Honestly, I feel yeah. like that would just mess things up. I'm glad they chose specific positions around things, but I really like the idea of forcing changes in the map. Like the, uh, the Rotterdam map we played, there was a central capture point, and there were two tunnels in the back that basically you could get access to to get into the the point. But if they were sandbagged up, you either had to blow it up, which is going to notify everybody that you're there. Or you had to find another access point in. So it changed the way the game progressed. Especially mm -hmm. around that one point. It was cool. That sounds um, who has anyone in here played Rainbow Six Siege? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that that was a lot of the mechanic that they seemed to be pushing in that game that was really cool was the fact that yeah, kind of similar to that, destructible. Yeah. You had no, to shape about your it. battlefield. Right. Not uh, less same not level, scale. I would say. But yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, last, similar. Last thing I'll comment on is they they've made some subtle changes to the classes that i think enforce squad play a lot more like you you don't have nearly as much ammunition as any of the other games that i've played mm -hmm. like you, you get you get like mags. two mags yeah so it's very important that you have people on your party that can give ammunition to people um the medic can give out med packs to people like you start with no way to heal yourself but if a medic gives you a med pack then you have like one way to heal yourself when a medic's not near you. And so, and they have infinite of those. So you're like giving out med packs to people. The medics can heal anybody, of course. They can re revive anybody on the team, but anybody on your squad can revive you at a slower rate if they're not a medic. Um, there's some other stuff. Outside like the your, recon, you can't revive people outside of your squad, though. You right? cannot re revive people outside your squad unless you're a medic. Which I like. But it enforces squad play. Like if you're together with your squad and, and the medic goes down, somebody else on your squad can get him back up to make sure you still have your medic around. That's good. And the they there's like a... Um, traditionally, you can anybody can spot in Battlefield. Like you hit the spot button and it'll highlight an enemy for everybody. They've kind of taken that away. You get kind of like a 2D marker that you can put anywhere to just like point people in a general direction. But the recon class can now uh, spot like the the old way, so it kind of makes their job important as like scouts for the team. 
and yeah, not um, just snipers. They're actually not just snipers. squad. And they can put down like mobile spawning points. So they have like a pretty important job on a squad too. To reinforce the importance of squad play, let me explain to you how Alex and I played that game for one round. <laughs> I played assault class and I would just run in, shoot somebody until they had less than 10 health, go down, Alex would kill them, then revive me and we'd do that all over again. And it just, <laughs> enemy after enemy after enemy, that's exactly what happened. That's I would just crazy. hang like 10 feet behind him. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, know, Aaron man. was terrible. I was fairly <laughs> terrible. <laughs> no, I would just hang like 10 feet behind him. So every time Aaron was getting shot, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I can just clean this kill up and revive you. No problem. <laughs> it's great. Uh, good. Yeah, I, I like the direction it's, it's going. I'm, I'm excited yeah. for it. I think they've made some good changes. Clearly, there's some things they need to fix. The menus are not very navigable, I'm trying to figure out where to actually go to do things. <laughs> menus are weird. Upgrade um, system's kind of weird. All of the people in that game that speak in accents, that needs to change right now. <laughs> German accent is pretty bad. It's, that's, it's so bad. It's so bad. Okay, but other than like, that... Like bad unintelligible or bad just not well no. done? It sounds yeah, like he's bad. never tried a German accent before and this, they like hired him like, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I can do a German accent. It's American actor doing German accent. Oh, oh, sure. Scottish German accent. It's always bad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then lastly, I played a bit of Spider-Man. Or actually, it's it's Marvel's Spider-Man is the title. It's Spider-Man. It's a new Spider-Man, whatever. <laughs> Who's Spider-Man? If you look it up, it's under <laughs> M, not S. It is Marvel's Spider-Man. It's weird. Anyway, um, that game seems really good, but I haven't played too much of it, so I'll kind of let Caleb go into more of that. Yeah, I've played probably like four hours or so by now. Um, And it seems... Pretty good. The swinging, a lot of fun. Actually, a lot of fun. Not only can you just you know swing from buildings, if you're like jumping over rooftops, you can like land and propel yourself off of different objects on the rooftop to like keep your momentum going, which is a really fun way to do it. And anytime you like slam up against a building, you just start wall running instead, so it keeps your flow going while you're swinging through stuff. I haven't gotten super far in the story. Um, but it seems like there's a lot of side, side stuff that you can do. As I don't far know how as I much can tell, good. everyone's just taking photos in that game. <laughs> <laughs> like Reddit is just littered with people taking photos. And it's one type or the other. It is either the person taking like a really nice, like, look at this great shot. Or the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Whatever ridiculousness they the can one come I, up with. The one I saw was Spider-Man taking a selfie with his uncle's grave. His uncle's gravestone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> No. <laughs> so sad. That ain't right. Somebody, I saw one on Reddit that somebody had recreated the uh, Amazing Spider-Man's movie poster in-game. Oh. And it looks really good, too. Hmm. It's neat. Combat is, seems super good. I, I haven't unlocked a ton of the skills yet, but it's like Arkham Combat, but like more acrobatic. It's like exactly Arkham Combat. But yeah, you can. Yeah, I mean, it's like exactly Arkham Combat. Yeah, <laughs> you get like all the abilities Batman got. Like, you can pull people's weapons out of their hands, you can launch them into the air, and sh- hit them in the air. Like to the point that it's got the same button prompts. Like it's it's yeah. wide to block, it's or dodge or whatever. It's uh, it's got like the two button combo to take somebody down immediately when you get enough of your gauge. Mm-hmm. It's but just it's super Arkham, cool. Which it's, is good. Arkham's good. It's great combat. 
Like you can jump in the air and swing on a web and kick somebody, or you can like jump onto a wall and then spring off the wall into somebody. But can you do whatever a spider can do? You can can (laughs) web somebody up and then grab them with your webs and swing them around in a circle and throw them at somebody else. Yeah. A lot of cool stuff. I would say the stealth does not seem as good as Batman's stealth, but I think that makes sense. Because Spider-Man's more going at it. More in your face. Yeah. Than stealthy detective, he's more fight some people. Mm-hmm. That is how Spider do. Yeah. He also kind of has like half detective vision, like you can ping detective vision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Worth noting, this game's not made by the same people <laughs> as Arkham. It's just basically Arkham. Yeah. But just with a different... With that Spider-Man twist. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all you need. That Spider-Man twist. I mean, yeah, it's perfect. That's what I was hoping for when they were saying they are making a Spider-Man game. Like, man, I hope it's like the Arkham game. Those were great. <laughs> Um, I guess I'll go next, even though I'm basically going to say, hey, I played like the same things. Uh, of course, I played Destiny 2, played some Battlefield V5. Um, <laughs> hey, that works also, actually. No. V5. Yeah, no, actually, Stop. it doesn't. Because it would be 1, 2, 3, 4. This would be V6, wouldn't it? 31, 42, it would 3, be the 6. 4, 5. Are you yeah, counting be... Battlefronts? Because those are also Battlefronts. No, I'm just, I'm just counting Battlefields. You're not just counting straight Battlefronts. The real question <laughs> is if you're counting... The future one that they did, the twenty-one forty-two or whatever. And are I mean, you counting bad companies? Uh, the yeah, the bad company games. Just straight battlefield. Are you counting? Oh, bad company were good though, real good. What's the oh, the cops and robbers one they did a couple years ago? They did a that cops one called? and robbers battlefield. You don't know I don't them know about that one. Weird. Anyway, yeah, I played some Battlefield V six, also known as Battlefield V, also known as Battlefield Five. Uh, also, it's called Hardline Battlefield okay, Hardline. 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 Oh right, yeah. Uh, also, I've been mentioning this in the past couple weeks, but I have still been playing some Enter the Gungeon. It is just a fabulous game. Um, I still think beat my favorite part of that yet? game. No, I have not beat the final boss yet. Okay, that game is hard, man. Be correct. I like that it's hard, though. I think that's what I, I think that's what I appreciate about it. That's why I liked so much about Binding of Isaac. It was just like a task that, unless you're Caleb and you somehow get every familiar in the game following you. Uh, it's difficult to finish. Hey, man, if you know what to pick up. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Was it the um, Dark Souls of Gungeon? No. <laughs> uh, Dark Souls of, of something. It's gotta speaking be. of which, uh, I do believe... When do they say they're actually going to be releasing the new Binding of Isaac expansion? Well, I don't know when it comes out. Okay, well, I'm excited. I know More it's stuff. called Repentance. They always say, know. they do say, hey, this is our last one. Yeah, they've said that on the last two, <laughs> I believe. I think people just really want more Binding of Isaac. It's a great game. I'm excited for their, their new game that's going to be coming out, The Legend of Bumbo. Oh, I'm not sure yeah. when it comes out, but it's going to be like a, a turn-based game where all of the enemies and like walls and stuff are all cardboard cutouts, but it's in 3D, so they like move around like these little 2D card- cardboard pieces. Mm. That's what you're fighting. It looks really cool. Uh, Caleb, since you're already talking, why don't we just continue on with you? What have you been playing? Yeah, so, you know, you got the Destiny, you got the Battlefield, you got Spider-Man. I've also been playing (laughs) this uh, 2D hack and slash called The Vagrant, which was on my wish list for a while and is like $4 on the store right now. So, yeah, pick that up. Um, It seems 
okay. I haven't made it very far into it, but it seems like an okay 2D hack and slash. We'll see how interesting the story becomes. But yeah, I haven't made it very far into that. And then I started, I guess last week, playing Witcher 3 because I never played that. So I was like, man, I should probably get around to that sometime. So I started it back up, but now Spider-Man exists, so that's probably going to be <laughs> waiting around until that's over. And then another game is going to come Witcher, out. I heard they're making a Witcher Netflix series. Yeah, yeah, with st- the Henry 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 Cavill. Ca- Hen- yeah, Henry Cavill as the oh, Witcher. It doesn't, it doesn't fill me with confidence. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, whoa, buddy! This he just judges it because sorry, of, did, did of you Superman. Watch the Superman movie? Yes, I know. Have you seen <laughs> him in literally from anything Uncle? else? I haven't. I've only the seen man him in from Superman. Uncle is amazing. Oh, also, I, there, I mean, no, I don't even think he's bad as Superman. I just think those movies aren't great. They're just not. Superman. They're just not super great. Have you seen the Immortals? <laughs> Caleb will say it boldly in the in <laughs> the class in a whisper. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Vesper. <laughs> I don't think he's the only thing wrong with those movies. To be no, honest, no, no, no. There's, there's a lot, but he has one thing wrong with those movies. <laughs> what were you saying, Aaron? What are you asking? Something? Oh, I was just gonna say, have you watched the Immortals or Mission Impossible Fallout or? No. Oh, Sandcastle. No. Or... No. Okay. Just, just a side note on Fallout. Uh, during my trip abroad uh, over in Germany, I stopped over at the BMW <laughs> factory and headquarters. Mm-hmm. And one of the buildings that they had when you're going into like the museum is called BMW World, and it's basically just a giant showroom that you can drive cars around. And in the middle of the showroom were all of the cars from uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Just all of them lined up. Wow. And, like, the actual ones used and driven by, uh, you know, Tom Cruise and the rest of the cast and everything. That's fun. Yeah, it was actually really neat. And I was just like, that is fucking cool. (laughs) It reminds me of the time, Alex, when you and I went and watched uh, Interstellar at the, what's that place called? Udvar Hazy Center? Udvar Hazy Center, right. And they had the freaking ship outside. What? You could look at. Yeah. They had and like the the, the set pro- piece that they the used. The prop piece that they used for the ship. Just where they mounted there. the camera to the front of it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was weird that it was there, but I mean, it was awesome. Uh, anywho, um, that's it. Also, for, like wait. when we went to Seattle and we were yeah. like, Oh, here's just a random Star Wars exhibit that's limited time. Okay. That has a bunch that of props from the movies. That was the most ridiculous trip to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous. Just randomly happen on the Star Wars thing. And then also we randomly started playing uh, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time before it was even out at this yep. other thing that was there for some like reason. indie game exhibit. Yeah, it was weird. The Pop Culture it a, Museum. It was a weird trip. Um, Chad. Yeah, cool. I've been playing Crash Bandicoot. Uh, so it's been a it's been a great time just going through that game. You know, the remastered version is is it remastered or a remake, Alex? Do you know? Um, I guess that would be a remake because it's not just like yes, yeah, so it's like a new engine and everything, right? Yeah, it's not just like they switched some textures out and said, "Here you go." Does it, it feel like Crash Bandicoot? Yeah, it does. It actually yeah. really does. Um. Yeah, and for those of you who didn't understand my very fast talking over Aaron, it's uh, Crash Bandicoot TM 
in the same trilogy. <laughs> you should get that TM in there. Yeah, you gotta you get, get that, that TM, TM in there, man. In there. Marvel's Spider-Man. Uh, so right. it's really cool because you launch the game and you can get the you get to choose one of the three Crash Bandicoots that are in the the trilogy, the OG games, the ones that are actually good. And then finally, they, you know, they started making all the really bad one like what was it, Twisted in Time or something? I don't know. Some some stupid crashes. Uh, but these are the OG really good ones. Um, the ones that are made by Naughty Dog. Yeah, for sure. Before uh, the IP went oh, to Naughty Dog. Activision, <laughs> I want to say. Was it? Because it was bad at that point. Like, I didn't like those games. <clears throat> but I actually played through the first one all the way and beat it. And I am uh, on the second one probably... I think there's going to be five room, uh, like warp rooms, and each room has like five levels. I think I don't know, but I'm on the the second one, and um, I was telling Alex, I was like, "Yeah, this game's really easy," and he was like, "Oh, really?" Because people have been telling me that it's like the the Dark Souls, <laughs> <laughs> the Dark Souls of 3D platformers. Yeah. Um, but no, I so I I told him it was easy, and then. I was trying to get so there's like different things that you can unlock uh, after beating levels. So one is just beating like in Crash One, you just beat the level and it, it gives you a completion on it. Uh, but then you can get the the relics, and there's like different tiers of relics that you can get. And the way you get them is doing the time trial. So basically, repeating the the level, but getting under a certain amount of time through that level. And so I tried the first one, and I was like, yeah, I could do this. The The time to beat was like 22 seconds. I couldn't get under 30. The game, <laughs> game is insane at that point. So it, it starts to, it starts to um, show me that it, the game's a little harder than I actually uh, thought. And it also makes me wonder if back when we had this game on PS1, if we ever actually completed those. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Probably just beat it the main the main storyline. The second game, I, I looked up how to get some of the, the different things. So there's gems, crystals, and there's something else. I, I don't know what, what they're called. Um probably like diamonds or something. I don't know. Is it going with like the the crystal kind of theme there? Uh, and and you get the the crystal from beating the, the level. You get gems from doing the, the challenges. And the first challenge was get through the level without hitting a single box. And so okay. there's this there's this one part where you have to like slide jump over boxes and I I hit it every time. But if I try it after I've hit the box, I can get it every time. <laughs> so so it's like really frustrating. But yeah, so it's it's, it's really um really cool to just replay that those games and experience kind of uh just playing through it and being like man i remember this level like i re i remember going through this because I, I feel like we just played crash like all the time when we owned it uh, and of crash course, too, growing up. yeah and of course like, the played... third one warped warped i think yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. okay cause that game's sick i love that <laughs> yeah, yeah warped, warped is great warped is so good it's tomba too like i had a nes <laughs> when i was a kid here. but my first real system was the PS1. Like, the NES was... I don't think I was old enough to really understand what was going on. But my first real video game was the first Crash Bandicoot. Hmm. 
first one I actually mm. played and like finished and yeah. oh, we had we had yeah, the Sega Crash Master Bash. system. Yeah, Crash Bash was amazing when it came out. Yeah, and you, have you ever have you ever gone back and played it? <laughs> so, yes. Is it just terrible? It's so now? bad, dude. <laughs> not, not great. Oh man. Had to bust out the multi tap. Mm-hmm. And had your friends over. Yeah. Exactly. Play that Crash Bash four player. Do you remember yeah, when they had that, that like too, man? You remember when they had that like connection thing between your um, GameCube and I think was it a DS or was it a Game yes. Boy Color link cable? <laughs> the link, the cable. link cable. Oh my yeah. gosh! I borrowed one of my friends. Whatever I don't even remember what it was. Was it a Game Boy Color or was it a Game Boy Advance? It, it was, was the Advanced. Game Boy Advance okay. to your GameCube. Yep. I borrowed one and borrowed his game just so that I could get that connection through Metroid. I had to have that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> What is this? Old times. Old times. It's a, Old times. <laughs> Crash, I just linked Crash Bash Live. It's a community remake of Crash oh Bash. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I wonder if they know it's terrible. <laughs> They're making it better. <laughs> They're making it better. So, That's more right. modes. Another game that go. I've been playing, which is shocking, dun, 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 is Fortnite. <gasps> what? No so Fortnite. Way. Fortnite had a pretty cool update a while ago, and I think it's been between last podcast and this podcast. This is a while ago. Uh, They came out with a new game mode as a a limited time mode that you can jump in and play with your friends on squads. They they decreased it to duos for a little bit, and it's back to squads now, Uh, but it's called Getaway. So Getaway is a mode where you drop into the map with your squad, and the circle's already shown to where you know that, you know, that's where the zone's gonna... That's the safe zone. That's where you need to go. And there are portions of the map that are marked by a safe. There's four safes around the map. And your objective is to first loot up, of course, because it's a battle royale. But secondly, get to the safe to where you can actually open it up, grab the crystal llama that's inside of it, and deliver the crystal llama to a bus that is floating in the sky that you have to build up to. Once you deliver it to the floating bus in the sky, you've won the match. The rest of the rules are just the same as Fortnite. You kill people when you can knock them. You can you know take them out of the game. The weird thing is, is if you're the last group alive, you can literally just run around the map doing nothing because it doesn't end the game. So it's like you have you have the crystal llama, and you've killed everybody, and you're just like. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's really fast paced. The zone immediately comes in as soon as you start to land. So you basically are like confined to that circle, uh, and the circles move in pretty quickly, and the buses change as they are used up over time. Interesting. It's. Is that uh, right along the same lines of all of the... I mean, clearly there's a lot more involved when you're building things, but along the same lines of what PUBG is trying to do with their modes? Have you um, played any of their modes? Like, like war mode and such? Yeah, I thought, they, I thought they had just added a new mode too that was like some sort of party game stuff. Uh, I know they added uh, what's kind of like Fortnite's Playground, where it's just practice mode, kind of. Um, where you could go in there, shoot around, and drive vehicles, and I haven't explored it, so my source is not credible when I'm talking about it right now. 
That's what I've heard, at least. Cool. Just in the, the gist of what I've been reading, that they, they added that. And speaking of Battle Royales, we can get um first look here at uh, Blackout coming up. The beta's happening this week. Is it open or closed? Um, there, There's like early access and closed and all sorts of stuff like that all week. And mm-hmm. then Friday, it'll be open. Okay. Ooh. Uh, so I've, I've watched Shroud play a little bit of that. And when he opens the map, it literally looks like a high-res version of PUBG's map. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's identical. I watched a little bit of it being played today, like maybe five minutes. And it looks like PUBG, except for they had crazier weapons. Yeah, so it looks like PUBG's uh, map Sandhook. It, like, it's, <laughs> it literally is identical. <laughs> I'm like, I was talking with my boss today. I was like, dude, I, Fortnite couldn't get sued because Fortnite was a completely different game. But like, th- this is like just reskinning PUBG and throwing it into a, a game. Like, what is it? What are they doing? Winning, being winners, winning. <laughs> um, I'm Charlie Sheen, winning. Tiger oh, wait, what have you been playing? Well, surprising no one. Been playing a little bit of Overwatch. However, Whoa. I've also what? very surprising to other people. Uh, I've been playing Skyrim on the Switch a lot. As I mentioned before, I, I uh, went over to Germany, and so I had my Switch with me on the plane. And God bless it being on the plane with me. It saved me through a six-hour delay and multiple hours of a flight. So what? A- yeah. Uh, oh, and I want I'm- you to let you know before you continue. There is a cricket. That just wants to be on this podcast. Yeah. He's so excited about you talking. Yes. I love it. It's fantastic. It's just like, it's like it's like Alex talking and then Chad being in the podcast also. Without even wanting to be in the podcast. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I could just shut just the window. In the background. No. Wait, it's fine. Owen, you went to Germany? Yeah. I, I didn't know. I went to Germany for a week and some change, which is why I wasn't on here. Which is why I wasn't on the podcast last week or two weeks ago. Dude. Where I was disgusted to learn that Alex hasn't seen the Goonies. Yeah. Right. Thanks for bringing yeah. that back up. Alex, watch the Goonies. Watch yeah. it. Although, I was watching uh, something. You know uh, Red Letter Media? No. Nope. Anybody? No? no. Okay. Nope. Mr. Plinkett? Nope. Anybody know Mr. Plinkett? Nope. Also sounds he, very familiar. He does like the... You know, you ever seen like the hour and a half long, like the reviews that are as long as the prequel trilogy for Star Wars that talks about how bad the prequels are? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're like the length of the movie itself. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, he said something about how the Goonies has an age well. So now I'm like, hmm. Oh, maybe, give maybe I should me watch a break. it. You should probably watch it. You should watch it. Watch it. It's so good. What what if I watch it and it's bad? And the only reason why you guys think it's good is because you have nostalgia. I just watched oh, it like so a couple months ago. It was great. Yeah, because you have nostalgia. Yeah, you know, that's you're, like you're gonna have. Uh... <laughs> There's What's only the one word, way to find Caleb? out. Wistful. Wistful. You're gonna be wistful. Yeah. Here's you're the be deal. Wistful about the good. It's the same thing as if I said I liked the Godzilla that was made in the 2000s. What's wrong with the Godzilla made in the 2000s? It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it because when I watched it as a child, I thought it was B A. Okay, yeah. I remember. Was it like Taco Bell that had like toys in their meals? Oh yeah, uh, that that went with the Godzilla. 
And I remember playing with that toy and thinking it was like the coolest thing in the world. That movie was lit when I was a kid. It was so lit. Is it fire? The freaking Godzilla little raptor things. Little baby Godzillas. No. The babyzillas. Babyzillas, yeah. The babyzills. Lil Zill. Uh, Lil Zills. No so, uh, how does, how does, back to you, Owen, how does Skyrim play on the Switch? Oh, it plays surprisingly well. I'm actually. It plays like Skyrim. It, yeah, it's Skyrim. <laughs> I haven't had any, uh, any crazy great game breaking bugs yet. I'm not holding my breath on that because I'm sure at some point there will be. Um, but it's, it's going pretty well thus far. Um, I also, which was extremely surprising, I got my girlfriend to start playing it. And now I can never get my Switch back. <laughs> because she's too busy building her house in Skyrim. Um, does she play games normally? She does. She plays like some, but she's really not much of a gamer. I am uh, surprised that you are surprised by this fact. I'm just very surprised by it, and it's it's just been very entertaining to to watch her play, and um, it's also just reminds me how vast. Skyrim is because we started our games relatively at the same time and I knew where she was kind of she was kind of going one direction in the map and I was trying to follow her but we were finding vastly different quests in the same path and then at some point we just ended up parting ways and now I'm running around on the other end of the map doing things and she's building a house over in Falkreach and it's just it's just amazing how large the game is and how much stuff there is to do. Terms a heck of a game, man. Yeah, it's it's a heck of a game, and I understand why people keep buying it. it There's it, a reason why they keep on putting that sucker. <laughs> yeah, <up>. like <laughs> there there are quests why that I've somehow. either I've I mean, either forgotten see. existed or I have just blatantly not done when I went through it the first time around on the Xbox 360. And then this time I'm just like, wait, what's this? What's going on over here? I never remembered this dog being able to talk. <laughs> yeah, How long that... do you think it would really take to finish 100% Skyrim? Probably at least 400 hours. <laughs> I was going to say a few hundred hours. Like... Yeah. I mean, people have probably done it by now, right? Yeah, oh, people sure. have done it. Allison I mean, has a list of, like, everything. Percent, like, get all the stuff? There's a lot of stuff in that universe. Yeah. Like, I guess if, maybe... If you need to pick up everything, you'll be there a while. Maybe, like, 100% quest completion okay. should be, like, the objective. Like, the, but, the repeatable ones done at I least mean, once. Yeah. And, like, the crazy thing about Skyrim is that it's... It's been out so long and it's been modded so hard that you can go on Nexus and find like full DLC sized mods that add like, you know, a dozen hours of quest lines that are completely mm -hmm. custom and have totally new areas that weren't in the game before. Totally new areas with like new environments, yeah. not even just like the same of what's in the game. And completely new just... art assets, like everything. And even just because of how the RNG of the game works, the monster spawns, the pathing things, and weird stuff like Mayrune's Razor, like, killing Alduin with Mayrune's Razor sounds like it would be really fun, but, like, in practice, it's not, like, it's nothing special. It doesn't feel good. But also, like, it means every game is going to be way, 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 way different, even if you don't change a single thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been doing, I've been doing a bit of that. And uh, I've also been doing a bit of bit of Overwatch. 
Which, whoa, buddy. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Buddy, that's not on your list, buddy. <laughs> oh, sorry. Been, been doing a bit, been doing a bit of Overwatch, though. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they just a, a, had a new map come out today, in fact. Um, and it's uh, the Busan. It's the Korean map, which... I haven't. I got a little bit of a experience of playing it before the podcast started, just to kind of give you guys a bit of a review of how this map plays versus other maps, and it's it's a lot. I don't want to say slower. It's a bigger map. It's a much bigger control point map. So kind of the King of Hill, you have to run to the center, and I like the fact that it's a lot bigger because when you first capture the point, you don't initially then run to the other side of that point and start spawn camping the other team. There's still multiple paths that they take and a lot of room for them to go from their spawn to the control point. And so on the one hand, it does seem like it's a lot, you're not going to have as many team fights for the point. Because it's going to take you guys longer to get to it. However, it does seem like very nice that you're not instantly getting spawn camped like you were in Nijong um, Tower. It's 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 got some some space to it. Uh, what about the most important update though? Uh, the fact they that they fixed shatter. Well, they yes. they are hoping to fix shatter. <laughs> Fingers crossed they fix Shatter. Uh, I got Shattered. It seems to be working. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, um, did you get Shattered when you were behind so it's not a shield? Because <laughs> that no. was also working. I, I, I was Shattered when I should have been. I was next to a point, and the Shatter went through the cart, you know, underneath of it and got me from the back, which I was like, all right, you know, that's how Shatter should work. Uh, so that was that was a good thing. That was nice to to have there i'd say it's it's mostly fixed mm-hmm. we'll see kind of fixed yeah only time will tell <laughs> that's right only only time will tell in other overwatch news at least that's important to me and maybe kevin and some of the other people wait wait DC... wait 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 wait, 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 wait. we haven't even asked kevin what he's been playing lately oh yeah, yeah. i'm sorry come on nothing man. apparently i'm sorry i'm backing this up i'm backing <laughs> this up i'm backing this up kevin what are you playing um similar but Notably not competitive. Uh, I've been playing Overwatch. I've been <laughs> playing basically all of. Yeah, I'd, I've I've been avoiding competitive the past couple of days because my, whenever it's like oh the weather's gonna be awful and I have to go go to class and come back. It's like eh, maybe I'm not feeling it that day. But yeah, but you know what I've been also doing? I've been playing a bunch of Hearthstone. I've been playing Magic Arena, which is yeah, Magic starting Arena. to look really good. And Mattis had a new set coming out in early October, which is looking insane. Dude, Guilds of Rivetica looks so nice. It's true. We'll have to, we'll have to do a, a, a rant about Magic Podcasts at a later date, but yes. that looks great. Uh, <laughs> is that Valve stuff NDA still? Game called Artifact coming out, which looks yeah. scarily complicated, distressingly, like, <laughs> distressingly, like, planned for how it's going to be monetized, but it's made by Richard Garfield and Valve, so it has the attention of the internet. <laughs> it looks sweet. I'm not a card game guy, but I actually am quite Man, by it. I'm still telling you the best thing about Artifact was being at TI when they announced it, and everybody's freaking out about the video, and then if you go look up a video of it, you can audibly hear people just go, oh, like after they after they do the title screen. It's, it's Day9's fault. 
He, <laughs> he led into the trailer saying it's completely new from Valve. Un, like he said, this is a new property. Yeah. And then it was a Dota 2 card game. And it's like, wait a second. That's not, <laughs> that's not that what is, that means. That That's not a new property. Not at all. But regardless of like the, the like flavor inspiration for the things in it, it's a card game made by Richard Garfield, the creator of Magic the Gathering, and the creator of some of the best sets of Magic the Gathering in recent memory. Like, all the ones he's worked on since the ancient times. Uh, uh, Innistrad, original Innistrad, and uh, the original Ravnica block were considered some of the... And also Dominaria, the one set that just came out this uh, this summer. So good. All Some of the best draft sets ever made. So, even though it looks like it's got more rules than, like, Maryland state law. Even though <laughs> it's I know got it well. cards you play in three lanes. Yeah. Even though it looks like it's going to have an upfront cost and packs are going to cost you up through the nose. It's interesting to me, even though I don't know if I'll be like, if I'll be in a position to like do all the things I want to do with that property. But it looks like it might be insane. So I thought I should put that on y'all's radar. As opposed to the other rest of the internet also freaking out about it. I'm sure I'm not alone. <laughs> Aaron, you talked about the, the thing at at uh, the International. Did you yeah. see the thing at PAX West where the, the Gaben came out and announced that everybody would be getting a free copy of Artifact if they learned stuff? Because <laughs> well, they like, I lose knew it. that he did that. Everybody they was lost very it. excited. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm like telling you, that's, that's crazy because at the International, at everyone was just wholly disappointed in the announcement. No, I don't think anybody there cheered in excitement. Everybody was just like, <laughs> build up, build up, build up, build up. Oh, no joke. Go find the video. It's amazing. Yeah, he he came out at in the opening ceremony at, at TI and said that everybody at TI was going to get beta access and a free copy of the game. Yeah, PAX West. I thought that was a PAX West. Well, PAX West, they were also giving away beta PAX West. Yes. They had previously they had a, announced that if you went to the booth, West. you'd get a key. Oh, yeah, okay, but so also they had like such a small number of them that like a large number of people like a bunch of the magic pros were like trying to get some for their stream and they just couldn't. Wow. Like they, it, uh, they didn't a, have enough keys for everybody? No. Oh, or, they had, or maybe when they announced not. it, they said that if you stood in line and played it, you'd get a copy. And that's maybe crazy. that's one of they had one per person, but like they Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. They you couldn't get like a couple and then like share them out, which is usually how they do stuff like this. Like beta keys for stuff are usually like if we're going to be giving them out, we'll give a bunch out and see how the stuff works. And maybe this is a bit earlier in the design process. Or like early Magic Arena was like pretty hush hush as well. So yeah, and they have talked about pricing in, in specifics. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and that's it's got it's some... it's twenty dollars for the game, and then it's going to be like two dollars for booster packs, which have like twelve cards guaranteed, one rare. Yeah. And I don't think there's a way to earn cards yeah, like Hearthstone style. That's the other concerning bit. Volvo knowing like, how to make weird. that money. So it's the twenty dollars gets you enough cards to make two basic decks and then gives you I think ten booster packs. packs. Twelve twelve packs? Okay. Well maybe it was another, ten and there's twelve cards in each pack. Another slightly concerning there. bit is that there's no chat moderation of any type. You just have free and uninhibited chat with your opponent. <laughs> because people on the internet won't be mean. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> see, that. see this week's checkpoint uh, for all the subtle jokes about how awful grandpa. people online can be. Yeah. If it's anything like Dota, you can just hit a check mark that turns off the chat from the other team. 
and maybe that feature will be added, but it is not currently a thing that they're at all paying attention to. Yeah. I killed somebody but... on Fortnite and got called a grandpa. <laughs> a grandpa? Yeah, I'm 23. There's uh-huh. also... Now everything's going to be marketable, like too. Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> the Steam community market's going to be a huge thing for this game, because... Yeah, actually, because you can use that for trade for cards, right? Yeah, oh. so it'll be the first, like, digital trading card game where you can actually, like sell your cards that you get and stuff uh, we'll see if now is the time to cash out all my tf2 Man. loot <laughs> valve is so freaking smart they're like let's make a digital game and then let's make the card sellable but then let's also make sure that we're collecting money on every transaction made in the community market <laughs> yeah perfect exactly. money sauce making that money let's do it they know how to make the money man that's right they do it's almost evil enough that I'm upset by it, but not quite. <laughs> Here, here's why I'm not upset by it. They're never going to do the thing that Hearthstone or Magic Arena is going to do way better than them, which is trick people into getting their game because it's free and a lot of fun, and then <laughs> get them to pay money because it makes their lives easier. Like, Hearthstone, you got th- everyone. it's a free game. Everyone with a Blizzard account can play on the EU servers or the Asia servers or the North American servers. And all the stuff is different. You get a bunch of free stuff. They give you the they give you a couple of free legendaries for every set, and then they just go, okay, yeah, sure. You can grind your quests, do your dailies, and eventually you'll get basically all the cards you want. Or you can give us twenty bucks and throw some packs in, and we can make it so much quicker. <laughs> so like, yeah. artifact yeah. your your baseline is probably going to be like thirty five dollars for like a competent level of gameplay. So like. You're gonna it get could your be cheaper. Yeah, Valve will get their $35, but they're never going to get the sneaky, like, every time a set comes out, everyone is surprised that they spent 20 or $40 on Hearthstone. You're sure. never going to get, like... Yeah, I don't know, man. Because they... they everyone know, goes in with eyes open. I guess, I guess because it's such a different game type. I mean, I think about, like... Um, just Dota 2 in general. I mean, we got a free game release, right? All these people playing it. And then they have people that spend $35 on literally a cosmetic for in-game that literally just changes the way your character looks, which, by the way, you don't even really ever look at. Yeah. You're playing top-down anyways. Oh, you look Maybe at like it. $70 you look for at a it, bunch Alex. of treasures in hopes that you get the super rare That's item. That's also right. Yes. I spent 90 Thank you. Oh, <laughs> 90 Sorry. Sorry. I was undercutting you a little bit, giving you a little bit of benefit. And now. I got it. Okay. So thank you very much. Uh, no, here's my line of thinking, though. I think the community market is going to essentially subsidize the cost of cards because because Valve's taking profits on every trade, they can afford to have the cards be more available because they're essentially making money multiple times on each digital card because you pay for a pack, and then if you sell it, then they're making money again on that card that you've now sold. Right. And in that case... Like, for instance, with Dota 2, you buy chests that have cosmetics in them for like $2, $4, you know, and somewhere in that range, similar to what the cost of booster packs is going to be. But if you go on the market, you can find the same pieces for way cheaper after, yeah. you know, a little bit of time has passed. Like, you not even that long. Find, you can wait like two weeks and get something for like 80 cents that you, you were actually looking for. You can also find $1,200 acts of Fractoses and really want to buy them. But, you know, who's going to spend $1,200 on a cosmetic? There are people. I saw somewhere somebody was talking to Valve about how they were going to like make sure that cards don't get crazy expensive and cost like upwards of $10. And they were basically like, it can't happen. It won't happen. 
on sure, the community market. Sure, but that got, all literally all those same things got said about Magic the Gathering. Yeah. A card game made by the same guy. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. There's no way it could happen as it <laughs> happens. I think their goal yeah. is not not to ever phase out any cards either. Mm. They'll add some new ones occasionally, but for the most part, they'll all be in the game always. It is a digital, yeah. It's a digital game, so you can you can change your cards after in post. Sure. So we'll see how that goes. Like Hearthstone was originally in the same way of, oh, we won't ever remove any cards from the set st- from standard. We'll just change them and see how that works. But then they eventually had to do a thing called uh, the Hall of Fame, where they took cards that were too showing up too often in tournament decks and just took them out of standard format and that were in the classic set and just took them out and just said, mm-hmm. okay, you can only play these in wild now. Wow. Um, before we hop into other video game things, Chad, did you have one more note? Yeah, so PUBG, you were talking about the training mode on that, and I kind of gave some information on it, but I got more information about, uh, you can actually, when you hop into training mode, you're actually with just random people. So it was, it, I think it just fills you with, with like 100 people still. Uh, and one of my buddies was saying that it's it's weird because you could just be sitting there trying to practice your aim and then you just get smoked and flashinated constantly. <laughs> up to 20. Up to 20 people. Just a bunch of trolls. Um, uh, Let's jump back real quick on the uh, Overwatch train. Uh, clearly there were some updates and we only talked about a little bit. Um, they did. It looks like they're nerfing one character in general. Um, any Who other Alex's updates? Favorite? I don't know who Alex's favorite Overwatch character they- is. They did a, a little bit on updates. Uh, they tweaked, I think, just some of the settings for characters, and they let Brig now, when she charges into somebody that's charging her, it will stun both of them because and, before she could just, big. yeah, before she could just shield bash people and just be like ha and not have anything affect her. But now, if like she shield bashes a Rhine charge that's hitting her too, she'll also be stunned in it. That's that's important. I actually encountered that several times when we were playing when I was playing Ryan. Yeah, being able to knock Doomfist and Ryan's out of their most powerful abilities for free while protected by a six hundred or so health <laughs> shield was a bit okay. It was it was okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh outside of updates though, Owen, you wanted to mention the over the DC team. Yeah, so the DC is getting a Overwatch League team. They, it's it's very exciting that we're going to be getting this. Mark Ein, who is also the owner of Team Liquid, another mm-hmm. pro video game team, uh, is is the one that bought the franchise and is starting it up. And we should be hearing more about them soon. I'm excited for it, nonetheless. I'm trying to start a podcast about it with one of my other friends. Um, because I'm I'm very hyped about this. He's come from like the sports world of things, and I'm coming from the Overwatch video game side. And together we can kind of piece together what's going on, especially as we're entering into the kind of like I wouldn't say the downtime between the seasons, but this is basically where there's a lot of sports talk going to be coming into play because there, you know, there's free agencies and trading and getting new agents and building your team. And 
for someone like me that plays video games a bunch, I know nothing about this, but as somebody that plays fantasy football all the time, he does. Um, but yeah. That's kind of cool. So, so we're going to be... That'll be interesting. We're going to be doing that. Uh, What's your theoretical podcast title? We don't have one right now. Overwatching. Also, <laughs> Overwatching or Overwatchers, I was thinking. I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm, I'm going to Mark Ein's office tomorrow because he apparently knows him. So we're just going to waltz over to the dude that owns the DC team and just be like, hey, you want a podcast? <laughs> it's got to be Overcast, right? Overcast. There's, there's a lot a of. Thing, I right? guarantee you, Overcast is taken. But more I mean, importantly, what's the name of the team? Do we know that yet? But... We do not know the name of the team. They just said that there's going to be a team. The team will probably announce its name and things soon. By December, by mid December, they need to have the team, uh, like the team roster of at least eight players available. And starting the end of this week, free agency goes up. So we're going to start seeing people signing with their teams again or going up for free agency and being up for grabs. The new teams in the league get first dibs on all free agents before uh, the current teams will get a stab at uh, poaching them. And yeah, I'm I'm assuming probably about December. I'd say about uh like mid-october we'll probably start hearing like the name of the team and some of the moves that they're doing and by december we'll know who will like be Jagger. the dc overwatch team that'd be fun yeah uh so you did mention earlier that uh they had a new map for overwatch uh also you put it in down here boss keys i assume you're yes. talking about the guy who does map analysis yes okay that's exactly what i was talking about yeah um, if you haven't heard of this YouTube series, Boss Keys, please seriously check it out. It's absolutely fantastic. This guy goes through, he went through all of the Legend of Zelda console games, and he's currently going through all of the Metroid games, and he basically just breaks down how they build the game. Like, he goes through how one walks through a map, how the map leads you to things, what those things can unlock, how they basically make games into stages and what the stages are that you have to go through, and just kind of the overall design of video games. And it's a very fascinating series to go through, and I, I just thought I'd, I'd give it a shout-out because I have referenced it here before. Right. And with the fact that he's doing the castle he's going to do castlevania symphony of the night next which should be happening in the next couple of weeks which will be on time because the next month we've got the netflix series season two yes i'm coming so out. pumped oh, yeah it's exciting i hope it's more than four episodes <laughs> <laughs> we all hope it's more than four episodes <laughs> uh just to, kind of in line of videos um we've mentioned this in the past but if you've never watched uh the dragon's tomb uh on youtube that he re- recently released a video for jenga um should definitely check that unchained? out jenga unchained <laughs> yes wow. jenga unchained. um no but uh if in case oh. you haven't heard of it before he does you <laughs> wow that got took that me out. so uh... <laughs> took you a while my dude he got there he got there though he got there um dragon's tomb he does a lot of like uh video game or uh, board game rules explanations but they're never actually the rules to the game and they were always fantastic but jenga is kind of just chaotic so 
check out his latest video. Uh, just kind of moving on into board game world, uh, I wanted to talk a bit, and I'm kind of sad that Jake's not here so he can also join in on this, but talk a bit yeah. about Pathfinder. Um, two. I know two. No, sorry, second. Two E. <laughs> All right. Um, I just want to talk about because I think most of us have had a chance to do our first play. I know clearly there are people in here who are not doing a playthrough, but I think most of us have had a chance to at least do the first scenario. Mm-hmm. Scenario? Yep. Are they called scenarios? Mm. Modules, they called I scenarios. Think? Modules. Yeah, module, I feel like it's probably the best word. Scenario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you, me, Alex, and Kevin have all played it uh, in two separate groups, I suppose. Well, Kevin DM'd. Yeah. That's right. And you DM'd our group. Yeah. I played a large number of goblins that gooned Caleb at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe you guys can Did speak more die? to this. No. no. Did you get a dying status? No. No. Oh, gosh. Let me, let me tell you about somebody <laughs> who knows how to die in Pathfinder 2nd <laughs> Edition. Alex is fantastic at dying. It does not matter what he is doing. He is going to die. Walking past an Man. enemy, standing in a room by himself, adventuring down a hallway that he doesn't know what's down. Death is you inevitable. Yes, down he a hallway that he knows there's a nest down there. Yes, yes, yes. He's very good at that. <laughs> I didn't understand the core concepts of stealth, okay? <laughs> I'm going to stealth up here. Okay, the enemy sees you. You're five feet away. I successfully so, stealthed, and then I got seen anyway. So I, I was think like, it's what the heck? I worth pointing out that sometimes in tabletop RPGs, the best thing is not to explore every nook and cranny. <laughs> yeah. explore only the ones that seem like they might be reasonable to okay, explore so is, are, is anyone worried about spoilers because I have a pithy comment to get some guessing I know how something went down but I don't want to I want to spoil anything if there's if it's stuff. if it's the first module then yeah it's fine whatever I think hey Alex did you go into unless the Owen ti- cares did you crawl your way into the tiny crack that was full of centipedes and yeah well <laughs> okay, for what it's worth it wasn't described as a tiny crack no, it was definitely no, no. described as like a hallway leading down to a like small cavern area. It's true, but the whole so, hallway was difficult terrain. It, it was, was difficult yeah, terrain. terrain I but did mention I had, it was covered in rubble. I had the um, the terrain whatever skill. Terrain stalker. Terrain stalker, terrain rubble. So I was like, oh, perfect. I can sneak in here without any issue. This is awesome. And then I yeah. did it. So and I, then I got surrounded by six centipedes. That. I read that feat, and it said, if you're within five feet of a hostile creature, it doesn't work anymore. And I was like, oh, I'm not going down there. That's a weird... Because I had the same feat. Do you have to just know? Do you have to see them? Or does it just like, oh, your spidey senses are tingling. I can't walk over these rocks now. No, you have no... You have, like, no way of knowing if you're within five feet of stuff before yeah, it that's what I was saying. jumps like, you. You can't just, like, yeah, I mean, use it as enemy it. detection. So really, I think um, Caleb was a little harsh. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't die. Also, multiple times he rolled a nat 20. Like against me. To be fair, multiple times you guys all rolled nat 20s. Yeah, Yeah, but that's like multiple people. Yeah, I don't think you did it against anybody else. I have multiple people. I'm running multiple enemies. Yeah, but I don't think you rolled nat 20s against anybody else in our party except for me. (laughs) Well, definitely didn't roll against me. How does that work? Insane. <laughs> you just switch to the way to die real quick because you're yeah, upset yeah. with me. It's Alex's yeah. turn. Way to die. Yeah, I was upset, upset that die. you disturbed my group of six centipedes. Yeah, I, I had the dying condition like four times throughout that 
did that little was, adventure. It was great. It was rough. And, to be and, fair, you guys started out without a healer. Okay, yeah, I was about yeah, to say, and we thing. stopped halfway through, <laughs> left the Ooh. dungeon, rested for a day, switched and got party a new members. Party. Yeah, member. my barbarian that I was playing got <laughs> pissed off because nobody was doing anything, so he left, and uh, a cleric showed up. Just yeah, happenstance. So before we started playing, it Wait, was so like, one of those oh, tanks? Aaron's playing a druid, Brendan's playing a paladin, those two can handle the healing. And then we got to like play uh, 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 and Aaron was up. like nah. you said you oh, said any of my me... three characters would be fine I had a the cleric a Which... paladin and a druid any of them would have been accurate. fine with Brendan but then Brendan showed up and within like 30 minutes of us starting the, the first module was like you know what I think I'm gonna switch to a fighter so at that point we had literally zero healing yeah so uh it didn't work out great they did like the first encounter and a half no, I guess first two and a half encounters and then they were like, well, we need a healer. So, so let me reset. Build. I'm going to play a tank. I'm going to play a trip build. I'm going to play a natural weapon build. I'm going to trip him again, <laughs> but with a spiked chain this time. Okay, now I'm a I'm wizard. play a trip build. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, just real quick. I mean, nothing super in-depth, but what do you guys think about in comparison? I'm specifically talking to Caleb and Kevin. Um, in comparison to what you guys have done in, in Pathfinder version 1. Pathfinder, it, basically, this one feels very different. Um, it might just be as a consequence of there not being much out for it yet. Because right. mm -hmm. I, I only started playing Pathfinder original after several of the major major books were out and a couple of the weird side ball ones. So it always felt like there was a whole lot there, and the, there was a lot of always a lot of customization options available. At the moment, there aren't a ton of them, and depending on how they go with it, like. There, I'm sure they could like make it so that was an a viable option, like. But at the moment, there's like two decent feats in the entire progression of most classes, mm -hmm. and you have like almost no ways of boosting your stats. And there's there's some problems. It's beta. They're working out problems. I can I can get behind that. But there are a lot of problems in this one. And Pathfinder one allowed the. Their issues were just issues with 3.5 they didn't quite adequately fix. This one, they seem to have invented whole new problems. Right. But it, it also at the same time seems like they solved, maybe not problems, but just uh, entire aspects of the way version 1 played. They have resolved and made them better. Uh, like actions in general seems to be... The 3 action system is oh, so much simpler yeah. and easier to use. I like it way better than their old system of... Full round action, standard action, swift yeah. action, move action, free action, immediate action. <laughs> Did I miss any? Reaction? No, that was immediate actions. Immediate. That's just were, part of those the were either one. free actions or immediate actions, depending on what they were. Yeah. <laughs> like talking was a free depending. action. Doing any, if it was doing anything that had any mechanical benefit, it was an immediate action. Which was your swift for next turn. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah, the immediate action, if you use it, you didn't get a swift on your next turn because that was Yeah, your don't worry. They never stated that in the immediate actions. That's just like oh, a rule man. you had to know. That's great. Yeah, no. Three actions and a reaction? Better. And I guess infinite number of free actions. Sure. Yeah, up to DM discretion. So, like, sure. if well, you I start think, doing the Gettysburg address, DM I'll cut discretion... you off at some point. I don't think DM discretion is even necessary in 2E because there's always yeah. a trigger for a free action and every trigger for a free action can only happen once well it's one of what i don't i haven't i don't remember in the book what it says talking is like 
I think I you know can talk, even just like talking. whatever. Yeah, I was saying, but like that's yeah. that's the you know, that was the the big the big one that was a free action that was up to DM discretion because like you start reciting the Gettysburg Address, where does your DM stop you? Because <laughs> it's a free a filibuster action. your freaking yeah. combat session. <laughs> yeah, like it's not gonna work very well. The only much. person that talked in our combat sessions was Alex. Every time he actually did did do something and killed somebody, he would just point at somebody else and say, "You're next." Yeah, yeah. that beat is fun. You're <laughs> oh. next. The good old intimidate build shenanigans. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played the exact uh, same character I did. Nice. So uh, as far as of an elf. Board Even games to the cons- names, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the names were not the same name, but they were the same character from the same book series. <laughs> he just changes his name. He changes his name book. halfway through the book. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. So uh, as far as board games, just kind of wrapping up the board games here, um, we are just three months or a little under three months shy of PAX Unplugged. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. If you have never been to a board game convention um, and you're considering going to one, I would suggest don't go to the one that's held in Indianapolis because it's just freaking crazy. There's so many people there. Come to the one that's in Philly. First of all, they have great food in Philly. And second yeah, of all, do. we'll be there. Yeah, we'll yeah. Be with us. And it was so chill last year. It was super chill. It's so different than PAX East. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really curious how it's going to be this year. Yeah. If there's going to be like a noticeable increase in foot traffic well i don't know mm-hmm. if you guys noticed but they're selling kids badges this year <laughs> okay i'm glad oh, you finished man. that statement <laughs> they're selling kids this year i mean <laughs> yeah uh so i, I it, it'll be interesting to see i mean it was successful last year for sure but if you look on the site they currently have full availability on everything three day and single day badges and kids badges which wow. was the same case last year granted philadelphia's convention center is enormous so you know we didn't they didn't even fill up the entire convention center last time um It'll be interesting to see how it goes this year. I also hope to see something. I mean, maybe they'll do something with Pathfinder 2E there while we're there. That would be great. There's there's at least some notoriety to the vendors that are coming because I heard mentioned that uh, Living Ready Run is going to be showing up. Nice. So, I, I mean, at least on that end, it looks like there are going to be some larger vendors showing up this time around. And with that, I would assume it's going to be a uh, lot more, uh, you know, prominent gaming companies will also be there as well, and should be should be pretty fun, right? Um, anything else in board game realm before we step out of this? I was gonna mention Thornwatch, but again, we don't have Jake here, so I can't comment and trash people's games. I'm going to go with a no. Uh, okay, so uh, as far as anything else to wrap this up, uh, I think, Chad, did you want to put this TED Radio thing in here? Uh, we don't have to. I mean, it was just a cool little bit that I listened to um, the other day about like how Airbnb was made and then also the fact that like if you ever noticed that bringing home like iPods and stuff now, it has a charge, it's because of... Tony Fidel and and Steve Jobs noticed that it was poor design to have to go to a store, pick up a product, bring it home, and you're like really excited to use it, and then you need to charge it. Mm. So it's just it was just cool to me. Uh, if you go to TED Radio and and you listen to Power Design or whatever that that um something to do with design, uh, it's it's a really cool listen. Is it? Just With an Guy official Roz. podcast, or are they doing audio format versions of their TED Talks? 
So basically, there's a, a guy who's kind of narrating it, and Guy Raz. Okay. There, there's a wait. Owen, do you actually know this? Yeah, no, it's Guy Raz. I actually know him. Oh, so Guy <laughs> Ross is narrating it, and which actually rings a bell. It, so yeah, uh, and he basically gets like interviews from some of the people, like little snapshots, and then they take the TED Talk audio and like put it into the podcast to where you hear little snapshots of each TED Talk, and so you heard from like three to four different people uh, within the Power of Design TED Talk. Uh, so you just got kind of snapshots at each um, little segment within Power Design. Hmm. Seems cool. Do you, Aaron, do you know how Airbnb came to be? Do you know how like it started? Uh, no. I'm assuming it has something to do with a couple guys being like, man, we're tired of sleeping on our friends' couches. So actually, no. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to bring it up. And we're going to talk about it real quick. So the guy who made it, which I didn't write his name down stupidly, but the guy who made it was a fine artist. He wanted to do lots of art and put it into galleries. That's that's what he wanted to do. But it wasn't really paying him too well. And so there was just one day where he was kind of sitting there and was like, man, I need to make rent. My buddy just left the apartment. like So we have more rent to pay and I'm, just, I'm in debt. Uh, and then he like looked online or something and saw that there was a design show coming uh, to wherever they lived. And when this happened, he had this brilliant idea because every single hotel was just booked. He had this brilliant idea to kind of make a website, throw it up, and just kind of send it around to people and see if anybody would nibble. And so he, I think he said he had four people that kind of just crashed at his place and they cooked for him. They you know, gave him a tour of the city, uh, et cetera. And, and when the door closed on the last day that they were there, he turned to his friend and he was like, this is a business. And the, the thing that they kind of had to overcome was the trust factor, which is why Airbnb is now formed. And you can go on to uh, the site and there's like all the review systems and all, all sorts of stuff like that because none of the investors would invest in the idea. Uh, and he, he basically had to kind of try to form this, um, stranger danger isn't a thing anymore. Uh, basically you can trust people. Uh, and so basically, basically what he did is like, you would trust somebody more if you had a, a, a quick conversation with them. Like, yeah, you know, I took my dog for a walk, blah, blah, blah. Like you would trust them to enter your house. But you would not if you just saw a man walking on the street and you're like, hey, can I crash at your place? So he had to like get over that kind of thing. And mm. and they figured it out. Hence Airbnb. Hence there Airbnb, which I mean, I think last I checked, it's like a f almost a $40 billion company. So Yeah, and he wanted to and be a fine artist. <laughs> fun, fun little idea. Turn into an app. Um, yeah, so a couple of just additional notes as we kind of wrap up here. Um, we are going to be doing a 24-hour stream in early November. I believe the date is the 3rd. Uh, mm -hmm. So mark that down on your calendars. Wait, what is uh, this? The, uh, the Extra Life 24-hour stream. Extra Life? It's Same on thing the we do over here. Yeah. I believe it's on November 3rd. November 3rd. I know this because I will be working and cannot be there. Oh, oh no! no Owen! I, I heard it on the last podcast and I was like, I'm so sad. I will not yeah. be able to make it. Colin's sick. Yeah, well, I'll be in New Jersey. So um, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. 
Um, so yeah, that's happening. Uh, additionally, if you want to check out some other things we've worked on, you can go to our website. Like I mentioned before, wearethehorizon.com. Uh, there's a lot of video content we've done, uh, as well as our, our previous podcasts. Um, yeah, so we will, uh, hope to catch you next time. See ya. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Chad McCoslin, Caleb Juno, Owen Patterline, and our special guest, Kevin Cressman. This week's music was again brought to you by Amair, A-M-A-I-R. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Also, this week's podcast was again brought to you by Reclaim Industrial, a small but amazing shop of makers, designers, and fabricators based out of Bluemont, Virginia. You can check out their website at www.reclaimindustrial.com. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are the Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. Again, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.